Welcome, everybody, to Story Life. This is a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers. My name is Clinton Cornwell, and I'm here with my co-host... Alan C. Gardner. Uh, guys, this is episode 22, which we recorded at some point in November 2021, in which we discuss the fine art of prioritizing projects and the tasks required to complete said projects, as well as maximizing your time through your efforts of uh, prioritizing and completing and all that good stuff. Also, some of the things you have to consider and do in order to get your movies out there. So yeah, we uh, we cover, cover a lot of bases here on the old indie filmmaking front. Before we get into it, though, I just wanted to let y'all know that me and Alan, we have a creative coaching and consulting business called Story Life. If you need any artistic support, if you like our vibes of what you're listening to, we're very much the same as coaches and consultants. So hit us up. We do free free 30-minute consultations. Even if you're not sure, just reach out and we'll talk it out, you know, just like yeah. we do on the podcast. On that note, let's fire up the chit-chat. How's Cold Feet going? How's how's that release going? I mean, you know, uh, it's it's hard. I, I feel good about it. I'm excited. Like it's hard to gauge. Like I don't really have you know any numbers or whatnot. But I mean, I just feel good about it being out there, and I've definitely been messaging and posting a lot, and I've been really happy with you know the feedback overall has been has been has been great. I tried to do my part. I got one VOD pay for you, so you did. There's, there's that at least. You did. <laughs> that was your favorite. Was it Lucy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Super nice. Like, yeah, yeah. She was really, really She's sweet. great. She's, yeah. She's my former neighbor at my first, like, house that I lived in in LA. And she's very sweet and supportive. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, now she's a, a Facebook friend of mine. We exchanged messages oh, sweet. about it. She left a really lovely review. So, oh, yeah, awesome. man. Much, much appreciated. Uh, no, you certainly, no, I, I was, I, I meant to, I was very touched by, like, I just really appreciate you spreading the word and uh, sending those emails out meant a lot. So thank you for that. No, so I feel good. I, you know, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited. We'll see. But now it, it just started streaming on, on Prime today too. Oh, uh, okay. So that'll tick up the numbers a lot. Yeah, it'll pick up the, it's kind of like a balance. It's kind of like that thing where Brad and I were talking about this, where like, if I kind of had my druthers with it, like, you know, it'd be available just for uh, rental and because we don't really get a say and like okay we're gonna be on yeah we're gonna be just for rental and purchase for x amount of time and then you can put it up on prime uh like in the past we've even had some that went like you know directly to prime which at first i was like eh but then i mean i don't know i, I just in my mind at least i like the idea of it being available just for rental or purchase for like at least two months maybe three months you know and yeah. then then it going to prime we got basically five weeks before it went to prime but whatever yeah, the way the way it's basically it's like having it available for rental purchase is great for like getting it out to like friends and family and fans that we already have people who are you know more willing to to spend like you know because you can rent it for like you know two or three bucks or buy it for eight or ten bucks so people who are willing to spend that it's great and it, you know obviously it helps us rec- you know as we <laughs> still very much so digging my way out of debt from that film. So that is helpful. But then having it stream on Prime will help widen the fan base. It's better for us for like yeah. you know getting it to people who don't know us yet and who are more likely to give us a shot to give the movie a shot if they're already paying for their membership to Amazon Prime and so it doesn't cost yeah, them anything yeah. extra right then. And so we get a little bit off of that, not much, but it does add up and it can add up. So, you know, we'll see. Regardless, I'm glad the movie's out there. What's up with Breaker Breaker slash any other movies you're you're waking? Breaker Breaker and um, what's what's the other one you got in post? Baby Come Home. I would say since we spoke last, minimal movement on those, which isn't a bad thing. It's just like this month in particular, you know, there's been a lot of cold feet marketing amongst other things. And then, you know, Gilliam and I have things going. I said Baby Come Home, like no movement in the last few weeks, but that's okay. 
because I kind of had to shift around for Cold Feet promotion and then um, Breaker Breaker shipping away at pre-production on that. So some movement there. But yeah, it's mostly been about Cold Feet marketing and then doing some writing on new ones and then looking for more, you know, gigs along those lines. Any friendship updates? Uh, you know, I'll say uh, all all but one of my, well, no, all of my current friendships are doing extremely well or flourishing, I okay. would say. Okay, good. <laughs> that's fair I enough. still have that's one fun. former friendship. But <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that's still, that's still weird, man. I, I, I still like every now and then I'm like, what is, what, what? It just doesn't. Uh, Someday I, you'll find out. I don't even know. I just think like the more, again, I think I cut like the way I talked about last time, I'm, I'm pretty clear, like as far as just looking back on our friendship and realizing all the ways in which he was a prick and uh, all the things that I excused away because he was my friend and because, you know, we called each other brother and because, you know, I did, I loved him a lot. And so, you know, there was stuff I would tolerate, but yeah, it's been really nice not feeling his resentment. I'll say that. It's been really nice. Yeah. Cause that's, a, that's, that's grueling, man. It's like when you, when someone you love and who loves you that much, I mean, allegedly, whatever, and you just feel resentment from them quite a bit or feel like, you know, you still have to, like, prove yourself as well. Like, there's someone who's like, just wants you to be wrong as often as possible. Yeah. Who wants to, like, pick away at you. That's not nice to have around it you. It sucks. So, yeah, and, like... I really don't miss that. For right now, I'm just at the. It's just still crazy that it happened and then it played out the way it did. Yeah. And still, you know, it's. I don't know, man. We the way I started calling. It's like you know, I was telling another friend of ours the other day about it who didn't know about it yet. But just like the mental gymnastics that this dude had to go through in order to like arrive at where he did, in order to justify his choices. You know what I mean? In regards to our friendship, and yeah. I'm sure like a myriad of other things. But just the amount of shit he had to convince himself of in order to be like, yeah. <laughs> This is this is the, the mind. The mind is a very powerful thing. It's crazy. So I don't know what's going to become of that guy. I mean, even though I really despise him, like I wish him all the best. Like I don't want any. I don't wish him any. You know, as he so graciously put it to me, I have no ill will towards you. Which I'm like, oh, thanks. Considering I didn't do anything negative to you, I, I really that's really big of you to have no ill will. And I have no ill will towards him. Like you know, I don't want anything bad to happen to the guy. I just I have no idea what's going to become of this dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm still rooting for him. Um, even though he's the one person I just, in the world, I just really, uh, yeah, I don't like this. I don't like, he's just, he hurt <laughs> That's okay. me, man. That's he okay. hurt me. And that will just always be the case. No matter what, no matter if he apologizes one day, it's like no one will ever have hurt me more than that guy. But no, man, I'm good. I want to hear, uh, I appreciate you checking in on all those things. I do. And now I want to hear about what's going on with you. Cause I know, um, there's a lot about me and, and cold feet and stuff the last two episodes, which which was good. Uh, which I mean, yeah. like, I, I needed to be able to talk about those things. So I, I was very grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No. The, and I mean, I, I'm always happy. It's, it's no burden on me. I'm not like doing you some <laughs> massive favor. It's fun shooting the shit with filmmakers. So don't worry about it. Cool. Yeah. But what's going on, man? Well, I decided, so I've been like with 12 months, I initially was kind of viewing this year as wait for all the kind of like prestigious film festivals and to see if I got into any of them and waited all basically of the next year. But so I submitted to like Sundance and South by and Slamdance and now Tribeca. But then I started looking into their rules and stuff and South by and Tribeca don't require premieres and stuff. And then I started thinking about it, like what are the prestigious festivals really later in the year that I'm waiting for, like Telluride and Toronto and Cannes and stuff like that. Like I, I like 12 months. I'm proud of the film. I don't, I just, I don't think there's really any chance that a film with the budget of 12 months is going to get into any of those film festivals and certainly not worth holding my whole life up over and holding the project up over. 
So I kind of just made the decision and started like hitting film festivals hard over the past few weeks. So I'm I'm hoping, you know, to spend a you know, a couple grand, maybe more. I'd like to submit to somewhere between 50 and 100 festivals. Oh, nice. You know, just really get it out there, really do a tour with it and really try and, you know, hopefully parlay this into sort of like new collaborators and new connections and and hopefully some new opportunities. I feel like the film is good enough to get into a lot of festivals, even if it doesn't get into maybe like the, you know, career making festivals like a Sundance or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just the, the thing about that is it is not an instantaneous process submitting to film festivals. It can be easy, but like it is by no means just like a zero time kind of endeavor so i've been spending yeah. a lot i have like a fucking spreadsheet with all the festivals i want to submit to and how yeah, much man. they cost and when their deadlines are mm-hmm. and like you know i was submitting to some foreign ones and then they require uh, english subtitles so i was like cobbling together like a quick way to to do some su- subtitles that'll be acceptable not not like finished subtitles like acceptable ones just for these festival submissions which i found a free and not super work intensive workaround for that so i spent like all day yesterday working on that like it literally took like eight hours but you got it done yeah i mean and they're not great but like basically what i did so if you post a video on youtube it auto generates subtitles for it okay but they're not perfect Mm -hmm. they're 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 pretty rough to be honest with you but it gives you like it's transcribed i'd say with like 80 percent accuracy and timed everything with a pretty good accuracy it gave me a good jumping off point to go through and revise it myself which was still a time intensive process but I was just going through a text document like uh, so YouTube, you you download their file, which is sorry, getting into the tech thing. But yeah, maybe yeah. you'll this you'll need to use I'm, this. Someday. Yeah, I'm curious. So YouTube, they auto generate it. And then what you download for them, it's a S it's called a SVB file. It's their file format, which you can read with any kind of like text editor thing. And so okay. I was editing that document and then you have to convert it to a SRT which there's websites I found yeah. online that do it for free. Okay, cool. And then you upload. So I uploaded the SRT and attached that to the Vimeo link that I'm using for a festival screener. And so that's that's how you get like the subtitles okay. on there and stuff. Cool. It's really shitty now, but what I'm hoping to do, like I did, I'd say the large chunk of the work now. And so what I'm hoping to do is over the next... I don't know, X amount of months or weeks, just slowly revise it here and there to get it up to a higher quality. Because like right now, nothing's like capitalized. You know, there's a lot of like punctuation sort of missing. The timings of things could be better and stuff. You know, I'd rather kind of just slowly work on that over time and and save that money and put that towards other film things like more festival submissions, for example. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't account for that, right? I, I, this is the first time I'm doing this, first time I'm submitting to foreign film festivals and stuff. And so I didn't account for the time needed or or the money needed to make subtitles for a feature film, you know? Right. I mean, I generally account for those things, but that one specifically, of course, I didn't know about. So, But things always take longer in indie film than you want them to, just uh, because there's yes. always things that come up. Yes, it's such a weird place to be in. Um, I guess I'm starting to understand. You don't like you don't hit festivals that hard. As I've what's the most you've ever submitted to for for like one of your films? Thirty five to forty. So no, I don't think we were, we've never done over fifty. Yeah, I want to say forty. I mean, I maybe mean, we'll close see. To 50. <laughs> Talk yeah. to me in a year. We'll see how great <laughs> that actually is. No, I mean, I I, I get it. I just, you know, in, in part too, it's because we've done. 
it's kind of like knowing that we would have, because whenever we're submitting to festivals for one, like, you know, we know we've got the next one like on the horizon or whatnot. So it's kind of, or the next couple or whatever. So it's like, all right, we got to spread it out a bit because, you know, it does all add up. Yeah, that was something I, you know, looking back now, I wish I had pushed some of my shorts out to festivals a bit more. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I think back to it, I had other projects already finished and coming down the pipeline. So like just didn't really have the time to keep festival touring with one project while also working on another project. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll uh, you know, I'm trying to, I don't know. There's just, what I was going to say is there's so much uncertainty because like one, how, how many festivals am I going to get into? I don't, even if 12 months is as good as I think it is, the hit rate is still probably going to be pretty low because frankly speaking, like it's a drama the, as we both know, indie yeah. film is sort of flooded with dramas. The film festival circuit is flooded with dramas. Uh-huh. You hear that kind of stuff all the time. You know, it's got romantic elements and stuff like that, but it's not sliding into a genre like horror or thriller or action or something like that or even mm-hmm. comedy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, that's the strike against it. It kind of have, has like an interesting story to tell, but it's not one that like gets summed up really quickly our production process or anything like that so i don't know that that's working too strongly in our favor and it doesn't have like an issue it doesn't have a topic it doesn't have like a gimmick or anything like that and we don't really like slot into like diversity stuff that much Correct. either yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i'm saying all this to be like realistic of of what it is i'm facing and i feel yeah. like even if the film's really good you know it could end up being that we get into one out of every 10 festivals i submit to or even less yeah. you know so no trust me like look i the exact same thought like everything you just said like i'm like yeah in relation to you know when we submit being awesome uh we got lucky and save yourself i just got to the point where i was just i would be pleasantly and this didn't always work out of course but like be kind of like I'd make the submissions and then just try to let it go and just try to set myself up to be pleasantly surprised from when we did get accepted <laughs> into into ones. It's the same with auditioning, you know, like any kind of bitterness or whatnot. Like you do your best and like I know how I feel about the films. We've talked about that. And so I know that they'll connect with the audience they're supposed to. And if it doesn't get into certain festivals, fair enough. Since I've been working on this festival stuff and I've been talking, you know, like I was talking earlier about how time is very limited, I'm sort of like coming having a reckoning with myself i finished up these two short projects they're pretty much done red and yellow and power couple mm-hmm. we'll get to talking about those in a little bit glad to kind of for the most part get them off my plate but i'm looking at what else i have to do all the things that i'm trying to juggle and i just ha- you know i just kind of came to the realization i just i need help i need help and so that's why i reached out yeah. to you about an editor it's I'm, I'm i've been so frustrated over and over again trying to work with editors in the independent filmmaking space and not that like editors as a as a breed are like bad or something like that i think it's just it's a difficult thing to find people with like the right attitude and work ethic that being an editor and in independent film sort of requires and so i've been frustrated in the past trying to cultivate relationships with editors I've been frustrated by yeah. that a lot with the past in the past but i've, I've realized that i just need to find help because like mm-hmm. uh you know even if it requires me to go a bit more into debt or whatever to pay an editor to help me finish my second feature film the horror feature film i'm stretched too thin and i need to be moving forward in other areas you know i need to like get get the slate kind of clear so that i can like focus on the things i need to focus to because i have all these movies done and i just need to get them like in the can and i just need to get them finished and out in the world because like you can't Mm -hmm. advance yourself if you're not showing the movies off to people yeah kind of a hard realization but that's something i'm working on now is starting to reach out to people to try and drum up an editor but again you know i admit it's a small target you're trying to hit trying to find somebody for independent film because like editing a feature film takes a lot of effort takes a 
all the time and there's not a lot of money to go around you know right. and and editors usually can get some sort of work uh whether it be as an assistant editor or something along those line corporate videos or what have you trying to find somebody to work for cheap or free or for the love of it or whatever uh it's a difficult task and trying to find somebody who's good and reliable yeah. is mm-hmm. an even more difficult task so yeah I don't know if that's been your experience. So being awesome, we got lucky to save yourself. I edited myself and then baby come home. I'm editing myself. So I had someone as an assistant editor on being awesome, which was really helpful. And he helped, you know, set the table for a lot of things. And that, that helped a lot. So we could like edit through production. I was able to have like, with his help, like an assembly done pretty soon after we, we shot. So that was great. That's, oh, that probably felt very, very good. Yeah, it was great, man. That's the one time I've been able to do that. You don't have to be daunted by that first cut and that blank timeline and being like looking down the barrel of the whole project by yourself. Yeah. Honestly, like basically I'd, I'd hired that guy as the editor from the outset but then once we got in and started editing together because it was his first time editing a feature and like i had experience doing that and so but yeah we had brought him on to kind of help expedite things and so basically it just kind of started making sense it's like oh yeah i should just i'm kind of dictating all the cuts just because of the way things were going it wasn't anything negative about him at all it's basically like i was just kind of like i had all this momentum going like i was really you know like i'd written it directed it and like we just got done shit like acting it and was one of the producers and so i just wanted to move on my own timetable without having to work with someone else you know what i'm saying or without having to work i just want to be able to do it myself basically is what started making sense no that that makes sense because that's a big part of the experience i've had is the editors i have had an opportunity to work with i don't know if it's aesthetic choices i don't know if it's skill or experience level but like essentially they weren't making choices that that were competitive with my own choices and so essentially was just kind of slowing down the whole process yeah and that's kind of what and i would like again this guy's awesome and basically it's like he got you know he got paid the same amount that he was going to get paid i wasn't about to take any money away from him so he got paid the full amount that we'd agreed to for him being the editor but i just wound up taking the ball and editing it myself and you know giving him different credits on it it's just i just realized like i needed to really get in there and do it myself and i can be like you know when you get in there and edit i'm very very anal and very like you know Super I mean, you gotta detail. be. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, that's the I, thing is, you ha- you have to be. You can't like it's made better through the revision yeah. process, and, and you it, can't you cannot shortcut that. There no. is no shortcutting it. It made it just with that. It made more sense for me to just have the, the hand my hands on the wheel myself. Uh, but then with cold feet and and I was actually just thinking, I'm gonna put you in touch with her. Like, I'm not. I don't know if it's gonna work out for a variety of reasons. But the editor we brought in for Bad to Men and Cold Feet. Uh, did a wonderful job on both of those. And it was a really cool collaboration with her. And it wound up making most sense for that because I co-directed those with Brad and Brad and I both edit. We were like, you know, it could be kind of cool if like we had, you know, someone else doing the hands-on editing besides, and obviously we worked really closely with her, but like someone who could like, you know, assemble scenes. And then like, we just go, you know, Brad and I would go over them work you know work our notes uh, go over our notes together and then get our combined notes to her and like so on and so forth it wound up being a really good collaboration both times so she was great so i'll definitely put you in touch with her how much did you pay these editors the the three times that you, uh, you've hired for features oh yeah i'll just text you <laughs> i'll text you honestly like <laughs> we I can delete this <laughs> no oh no 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 well, i just like i wanted the i can't remember the exact figures off the top it was less on no, I'll just text you. I know he could just delete it. I'll just text you. It was right flat. Right. It was flat. It was a flat rate, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a flat rate in advance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I'll say okay. that. All good. All good. Now it's 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 a touchy <laughs> it's a touchy thing, you know. Well, because I mean, honestly, I ask more because I don't want to be the asshole who's like expecting something ridiculous more than anything, right? You know, I want to have reasonable expectations and stuff. It's just I think you know I I struggle with this. I'm sure as you do as a director, it's like you want to free up the time by being able to hand it over to an editor and let them do all the work so you can f- focus on other things. But at the same time, like you need to be there. You need to be in that foxhole because it's a lot of the stuff is yeah. so particular. Mm-hmm. And not that somebody else can't do something good with it, but at least part of it, there's a particularness that has to come through you because the story has like you as the director, it's your responsibility. The story has lived through you, you know, and I think yeah. you can collaborate with other people all the way around. But like ultimately, you kind of have to be this conduit for the story. Sure. And those things on the margins and stuff like that, like that's where where it really comes into play. And, you know, I think there's a magic there that can be lost if like the director isn't in touch with the film. Most directors do have a separate editor, but doesn't mean they're not like in there a lot. And like in the mix, and it doesn't mean they didn't shoot in a certain way where it's, or they give you know, prior instructions or whatnot, like, you know, with a shooting script or whatever. So that it'll be assembled in a certain way while still giving the editor some freedom to explore. And then they go through it with the editor and so on and so forth. Yeah. To your point, though, like it can be very difficult finding someone who can work for, you know, whatever the price point is that you can toss out there. Because, yeah, as we know, like usually when you get to this stage in, in indie film post production, there's usually not much, if any, money left over for. <laughs> for after, anything after production and sometimes you're still trying to find the money to finish paying for uh production once that's done yeah so and then yeah finding someone and then yeah you have a you can be simpatico with and work together with and who you know you can do a great job yeah it's difficult but i'm taking this as an opportunity though to sort of again like i think you know i mentioned the last time we were talking it's it's a, kind of an opportunity to remind certain people that i'm a filmmaker right i'm i'm reaching out to some people kind of like up the chain for myself so to speak or reaching out to some different people and just asking them if if they might know somebody and probably none of them will but it's also a reminder to them i'm like sending out the bat signal like hey i made a horror feature right like just re- just reminding you you know i'm not act- i mean that's not the whole purpose or anything like that yeah, yeah. but it is sort of like people love to connect people in this industry and sort of when you're reaching out and and asking people for a connection that's something most people are like happy to help with and then you also get to the right you get to remind them that you exist and that you're working on stuff you know yeah which which is always sort of a good thing because opportunities come up kind of randomly and magically so yeah it's a lot easier i'm trying i I guess i'm like in this mindset a bit more because i have all these films done and i'm like i need to (laughs) harness i need to harness these fucking things and figure out what the hell I'm doing with my life. (laughs) No, I hear, I mean, I've definitely, yeah, as you, I'm definitely very familiar with juggling multiple projects and just constantly, you just kind of, you know, moments where you can just very much so feel like you're in the weeds and trying to make sure you're managing your time as wisely as possible. And that you're putting your energy and efforts in that, in any given moment, you know, behind the things that you need to be. Otherwise certain things can very, you know, easily get lost in the shuffle I always said, like, especially with scripts, for instance, like, there, I'll have ideas for a script for years before I actually write it because it's not that story is like time in the, uh, you know, turn in the queue yet, you know? So it has to wait in the queue yeah. until its time comes up. And then once the yeah. time comes, like, if the story was, you know, in my mind, if the story and the characters and the themes were strong enough, they're still compelling me, they're still on my mind, then it's like, all right, cool, let's do this. But every now and then something will come up where it's like, okay, this will now take precedent 
because for whatever reason, like, oh, there's an immediacy to it. We're like, I need to write this thing now as opposed to putting it in the queue and waiting for later. And it's kind of like that with all the projects and some extent. It's like, okay, then where is this one's, you know, time uh, in the production queue, if you will, in the post-production yeah. and in the advertising. And it's just like, yeah, especially when, you know, like people like us who do multiple jobs on each of these projects, it's very daunting and it's very easy to feel like you're, you know, to get in the weeds and to feel a little, a little lost and a little adrift at times or a little just, uh, just stressed because fuck like am, yeah. am i am i doing like is okay did i did i really like it all comes did i maximize my time on the thing that i need to you know spend it on today or last week yeah. or whatever and yeah it's because yeah then you get into like you know what i'm you know the stage i'm in right now like you asked me like, yeah, how the cold feet release is going it's like i just very much feel like the, all right i've dug in my heels like i'm just kind of like i'm boom 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 got to Got a market, got a market, got a market, you know. It's hard to even say, like, how it's... I mean, like I said, like, I'm happy with what I'm hearing so far. And it's, I'm ex- just excited to be in the process of getting it out there. But I'm just like, got to get it out there, got to get it out there. Yeah. To do all the jobs that we do on any just single one of these films is is a lot and takes a lot of time. So then when you're talking about multiple in various stages, that can be really... Especially when you have very, very limited resources, as we do. I mean, compromises come at a certain point, you know, with these, with the subtitles thing, for example. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just like, that's a, that's a choice. That's a compromise I got to make. That's a decision I got to make, right? I don't want to, I don't want to pay for it, right? Because my financial resources are limited. Right. So I cobbled together a different solution. And like those, those titles, they're not professional, nice quality. They're not even anywhere close to that, you know? Mm that's not ideal and i'm kind of taking a gamble there that it won't hurt its chances with like the foreign film festivals that i'm submitting to but i don't know i don't know we don't know we don't know exactly any you know any of these things we compromise we don't know how much it might hurt our chances for quote-unquote success you know but also there's only so many hours in the day you only have so many time and money and energy resources you can't be perfect at everything because if you do you'll just never finish a film (laughs) yeah no that's very true too Especially when you're in the you know, in terms of post production, you know, when the, when the movie is done, and just having the, learning to trust that sense of like, okay, no, I I, I went through it. I kind of like exhausted all the possibilities for each every single edit. You know what I mean? I made sure like it's oh no, it, this and it works. This is the movie, <laughs> and like knowing when yeah. to, when to call it and be like, okay, cool. Uh, and no, yeah. I, I'm very familiar. With, man, I'm uh, I'm feeling my baby come home right now at times, but also I know that like my priorities are straight, and so it nags at me. That it's not done yet. Oh, God. It, oh, know. man. So that loops perfectly into the short films because cool. yeah. it's a little back, little background on Power Couple and Red and Yellow. So I shot both of those shorts back in 2016. And so they've been nagging at me in that same way for mm-hmm. fucking, fucking forever. I felt yeah. horrible having these unfinished films. But that was for multiple reasons, which one of them I think maybe you kind of share a little bit with Baby Come Home in that they weren't my passion projects. Not not that, like, I'm passionate about every movie that I made. I, I give everything I can to every single movie I made. But these were two shorts that were intentionally just like, hey, let's go out and shoot something, you know? Because, like, with Red and Yellow, my DP friend Craig Boydston, he brought me this script. And he's like, I got the gear. Let's just go out and shoot this thing. It'll be a one-day shoot. Like, here's an actor I think you should cast. I'll produce it. Like, let's go make this fucking thing. And I was like, hell yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So I was excited to have that opportunity. But it's also, it wasn't my baby, you know, in the way that when you write a project and you dream about it for like months and years and like you see it in your head and like, you know, it it wasn't my baby in that sort of similar way. And then 
with uh, Power Couple. That was sort of just going to be a test short film because I was trying out some new actors together and, you know, working again with Craig Boynston with the DP on it. I just wanted to shoot this small film as a test for like a bigger project that never ended up happening. And so, again, I put everything I could into that shoot, but I went into it knowing it was like, okay, in like three weeks, let's conceive this film, write it, rehearse it, shoot it, like all in a quick time period, mm-hmm. you know? And so with Baby Come Home, that was the one you did with the class, right? When it was, when it was about shooting it in six weeks or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll say that like I'm very like when I – Baby Come Home has been really – I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't want to – I want to keep hearing about what you're talking about Um and everything no, no, I'm, I'm 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 laying you up. I'm throwing I'm throwing you the pass. So <laughs> no, because I very much like the cool thing about Baby Come Home. Like, yeah, I did um, a very very tight time frame that was part of the project just from the outset. It's like, okay, I want to write and go through pre production and production on this on this feature in, in six weeks, and I wanted to see how that felt, and it felt really fucking good. And it's kind of, what was kind of cool about it too with writing it was that I, since I didn't really have a lot of time, like, and sometimes it's you know it needs to be the case. It just, again, it just depends on the project. Like, you need to let something marinate and think it over for like a long time. But sometimes you can really second guess your way out of it, or you can like okay, maybe explore a few too many possibilities, quote unquote. I don't know. I'm just saying sometimes it's good when a project takes years to finally write. But in this mm-hmm. case, what was cool was I didn't have time. Because of, yeah. the, because of the ground rules that I laid out for myself, like, I had just had to go with my instincts. And so, yeah. like, all this shit that was, like, on my mind or certain things that had been, like, parts of other projects, of other scripts that I'd been kind of, like, mulling over for a while. And, like, oh, maybe this story could go this way or maybe it could go that way or it can go this way. Like, the things that really resonated with me about some of those scripts and it, just everything that was going on in my mind at the time, like, it all just kind of came to the surface because of the circumstances, so it was a very like no like once I wrote it, like it was a very like as I was writing like a very passionate about it and it was a very personal and very just kind of like I was you know fired up about it and what's and then I mean honestly I mean basically the reason that it's still not finished yet because usually it takes me a couple of years for post production this one's starting to take even longer was just because you know we had two kids like right after the shoot we had you know Lyle was born and then uh, River and then everything else so it's just kind of like that movie for very obvious and understandable reasons had to be uh, backburnered for a while. And then, you know, but the, even when you have those good reasons, you still not, it still gnaws at you. Oh, you of know? course, it, because, because I'm excited. No, because I'm excited about it. It's, it's, it's more just that, like, because I want to be able to finish it. It's just that I have just a never ending to do list of with my pro. I mean, obviously, everything is about the kids first and foremost. And then whatever time I'm able to, you know, from there, because yeah, then, well, Cold Feet had to get finished and that took a long time. And then finally getting that out there. Now that's out there. So now I've got to market, market, market. You know what I mean? I got to seize the moment on that. Breaker Breaker took a really long time to write. Now, like, we're pushing, chipping away at that. So I'm trying to keep that going. I guess what I'm saying is, like, when I say not, for me, it's like, no, wait at me. It's like, I don't feel anything bad about it because, again, my priorities are as, you know, straight as they could be. It's just that it's an unfinished film. And it's an unfinished film that I'm really excited about. So, like, anything that, like, I want is, you know, on the precipice of being completed, like is going to like nag at me a bit. And a lot of that's yeah. just because I'm excited about it and I want to get it done. And it's just like things will keep coming. Like, you know, like I had, a, I think I told you this before, like a good flow going at the beginning of the year and then the the fire happened. And so that completely derailed that. That completely fucked a lot of things for a little while just because that became a massive time suck. Massive time suck. But whatever. That's but what can you, there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do about it. It's just kind of like, well, I got to deal with this now. So anyway, 
sorry, I don't know, now I want to get back around to, but I'm, I'm, what's been kind of cool too, Baby Come Home, is that since it was written and shot in such a quick time frame, I'm like <laughs> having the joy of kind of like rediscovering it as I edit it. You know what I mean? Because Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't live yeah, with yeah. it for so long. So like, as I'm going back through, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Like, it's really fresh again in a way. I don't know. So that's been fun. We make it work the best we can. Yeah, we try not to be too hard on ourselves about these things because yeah, we do have all of our reasons are legit. It's just uh, yeah, when you're doing a lot on multiple films, it, things take time. Well, and I and I had the experience both those films in. I shot them in 2016 and then I, ha- I handed them off to editors they've both been in the hands of various editors multiple uh, times multiple gotcha. different editors and it, it, it it's become a, it was a process with each of them sort of handed it over to somebody wait for them to do work wait for them to do work and then by the time I realized that they're not doing work on it I'm already off doing other projects yeah. and I don't have the time to like take it back and start working on it myself 2016 was when I shot them and then 2017 is, is when we sh- started shooting 12 months so that you know 12 months we shot for two years so there, there was and then i was focused on post on 12 months because obviously my first feature it's much more important than these these two short films and stuff and so gotcha. and then all of a sudden it's five years later and you haven't finished the film <laughs> yeah yeah no i, I got you so where, so where are you at with them right now you are they like completely done power couples uh completely done uh I'm, i don't know what i'm gonna do with it yet and then red and yellow it's waiting for color and some post sound stuff and I'm, i think that one has more of a shot at festivals so i've been submitting it a little bit to some some short film festivals fingers crossed on that one i liked them both yeah. i mean i felt like Power Couple is definitely well. They're both in line with these sensibilities, but more in line with work that I've seen of yours before. It turned out much darker than, than it I was thought. fairly dark. And I, I, I like the black and white. Uh, I like the black and white photography on that one a lot too. I thought that worked really. That's well totally for my it. DP's call. People seem to be liking that, and uh, he like we didn't shoot it with the intention of making it black and white, but he just came in. Oh really? Or the last few months, he's like, "We're making this black and white." And I was just like, "Okay, All right. sure, let's I'll, go. Let's go for it." I just, I just, yes, I bowed down to him on that one, and people seem to like it. So. I thought that. That worked nice. out uh, really well. Yeah, it's a snapshot of a not great, <laughs> not great relationship. Uh, was my take on it. But no, I definitely, yeah, I thought it was really well done. I thought both of the actors did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, that, that, it was a lot of fun. And I'm glad that you say that because, like, when I envisioned the piece, I was sort of just like, let's see what we could do, sort of visually. And have this kind of like back and forth exchange between these two people, like kind of have the shifting sort of power dynamics and like shift audience expectations, like kind of like have them sort of figuring out what is actually going on here as as the story is progressing and then leave them hopefully in a different place at the end than they were in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Just sort of I wanted simple objectives for the film in that piece so that yeah, I could yeah. like try and execute them, you know. Well, I, I you know, I'm a big fan, too, of like following like it all tracked as far as like their dynamic and it all kind of made sense psychologically of like why he would say, you know, just the way they were like working off of each other and like her like trying to appease. I mean, it was, honestly, it made me sad. <laughs> Again, it made me sad about him. I'm like, oh man, she's really trying to appease this it's definitely guy. Definitely not a feel good. No, it's definitely she's not trying to make good. this guy happy, even though like he clearly like this guy's a prick. The more I'm talking about it now, <laughs> the more I'm like, this guy's a fuck this guy. But to make me feel that way, like, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's effective. Yes. And worked well. Good. But yeah, I'm glad I only have to deal with him in a short and not in a, uh, that character, I mean, in a short and not in a, yeah, yeah, short. yeah. But yeah. And then Red and Yellow is obviously much more, uh, whimsical. I mean, it still makes me kind of sad. Whenever I want to feel kind of sad, I turn on a Clinton Cornwell 
No, oh, uh, no, no, no. I mean, whole, like, I do, I do like melancholy. I'm a big fan of melancholy. <laughs> no, I know, so. I know. But that that sense of like dissatisfaction that uh, Yellow, I believe, is feeling the uh, the female balloon, mm-hmm. and just that whole like you know, it's not bad, but it's not bad good. But then it's also like, okay, well, maybe is it more that she's? And again, this is why you know I, I really enjoy your work. Is it more that she's kind of um, not appreciating what she already has? Or more that he's letting himself stay stuck in a rut and not really fulfilling his potential, not really taking a chance on things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's interesting, like, with the whole, like, you know, basically the personification of the balloons. How do you want... Okay, so is it, in your mind, like, open to interpretation? I mean, basically, like, we know at the end that these are the balloons having this conversation, essentially, right? But also the balloons, like, representative of the people, the owners of the balloons? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. When I when I made the movie, I don't think I understood, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. When I was making the short film, I had a lot of different competing objectives with what I wanted out of it and stuff. You know, I, I honestly don't think I understood the movie enough when I made it to fully tell the story. But that was one good thing with like marinating with time is like coming circling back to it now to finish it as I did over the last month. I finally kind of like understood it a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think... I, I hope, I hope, I, I never like to be certain with what my movies are doing because, you know, I just, I just don't want to be that idiot filmmaker who, th- who you know, oh, my movie's about this and this and this and, and nobody actually gets that from it. My my hope is that it's, it's just sort of kind of like, like you said, whimsical, ethereal, like mm-hmm. there's that lack of definence okay. where hopefully audience members can paste in whatever they want essentially yeah fair enough which which you know there's ambiguous endings in films and stuff like that but this Mm. this is kind of like i feel like that this whole piece because it's only three minutes the whole piece is that kind of tone of just sort of like we don't know these characters a ton we don't have a lot of context or background for their relationship and stuff like that we don't even ever see their faces, really. We don't get any facial expressions to to tell us about these people. Right. And my, my hope is that it's kind of like this almost experimental piece where it's got this like whimsical kind of melancholy tone and, and people can hopefully like fill that space with whatever emotional resonance makes sense for them. I'm hoping. We'll, I mean, we'll see if that's actually how it works, yeah. but that's the hope. Well, I had one. So I'll, I'll put this out there and obviously, you know, Take it or leave it. So, because the credits definitely, and I like the credits. The credits are what really like hammer home, like, oh, this is like the balloons talking. Yeah. So, if you want it to be more open to interpretation, like, I don't know about the credits, but the credits are cute and fun, and I like they look great, like on their own. I don't know. I'm not saying anything bad about the credits. I like the <laughs> credits, but it definitely makes that's it more... that's a temp too. I'm hoping I'm hoping a good friend of mine will do a little animation for that too. So okay, no, That'll I mean be, I like that. Yeah. I'm just saying that like it definitely like leaves one thinking at the end like oh that was the balloons, which I'm fine with. Okay, cool. It. Like like if people can feel human emotion about balloons floating away, mm-hmm. like I'm down with that too. You know, so I'm I'm fine with that edging people over the end, and I think that fair enough. Uh, to me, what you what you lose in maybe uncertainty, you sort of gain in kind of like doubling down on the tone of the piece. I would say it that, does. The credits, the credits do so like do 
really, yeah, the whimsical. It really it makes it less mel. It it, it makes the tone very more at the very end, very more towards whimsical and a little further away from melancholy. Without it being some sort of like abrupt shift, I'm just saying that it does. It's that's much more of a lighthearted ending, and I like which the, I think is I good. Like the captions, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Especially yeah. if you watch it back to back with Power Couple. Jeez, I mean, <laughs> I'm just uh, uh, yes, yes, you needed a palate cleanser after palate. Oh, hey, hey. That guy. Dude, I'm with you. I, I I watched that film and I made the fucking thing and I'm just like, this is like I probably wouldn't make that film now because it's too dark, I think, for what it is. And that's fine. I mean, that's fine. You don't have to like I made it five years ago. Yeah, you know, yeah. I and I wrote it in a few weeks and we you know, we conceived and shot of it, I think, within like a month or, or something like that. And so that's okay. And I think I think it's actually been a good lesson for me because I think I have um, I have a lean towards darkness uh, a bit, and I, it's something I kind of have to be um, a vigilant about because there's definitely I can definitely have a tendency to, to go too far in that direction, and I think you know Power Couple is like an example of just something where I just think it's like maybe maybe a little too much. It is effective though, um, like I said, like <laughs> I, it. It pissed me off, so that's how I... <laughs> no, again, like, the, when it ended, I'm like, oh, this is a snapshot of, like, uh, some level of, you know, abusive kind of uh, relationship. I mean, it's good. They they both make you feel things. But I feel like totally. yeah, Red yeah. and Yellow, it's a, it's about balloons. You don't even see faces. Mm-hmm. You don't even see faces in it. And I still watch it. I watch it, and I feel things. And I feel kind of like oh, I, there's I, I mixed emotions in there. I do, too. And yeah. I think for a three-minute piece where it's made the way it's made you're, you're seeing mostly balloons like i think that's something that's something to be able to feel to go on a little bit of an emotional journey in that small amount of time with balloons. you know like that's something I agree. so i'm proud of that now you got me thinking about you know my next film it's like oh, do you really need like you know people on screen like what did you, <laughs> if i take this whole balloon uh subgenre more and, and really run with it and do like a cold, a cold feet. You're making too a with joke now. Balloons. What? You're making a joke now, but I think I mean not that. I just, please don't go make a, a feature film with just balloons. Although maybe that could be a thing. That could be a thing. But but it does show you sort of the power of filmmaking and how with small things, small representations, visual representations of things, you can achieve something. Like right, you don't no, totally, doesn't totally. always have to be Hollywood lighting and beautiful actors and all these kinds of things. Like there are simple ways to achieve powerful things. For me, it's like it's kind of a bit eye opening and and sort of expands the scope of my potential creativity, knowing that I can make people feel emotions with balloons, no. you know. No, absolutely. Like yeah, I I agree. I just, I was laughing more at the thought of me taking the wrong lesson and going off and making cold, a, cold feet, a whole feature. Cold feet with each character being a different balloon color. Each character is a different balloon color. Or what if, you know, we make uh, it more like a Roger Rabbit thing where it's like mixing like live people with balloons. And then I wonder how that yes. would, you know, if that would a whole, basically like making, what if we, all right, here's where it's at. We're going to redo Power Couple, but the guy will be a balloon and we'll see <laughs> if it still stirs up the same level of ire within me if i'll still hate oh, him just oh, as much we're... if played by a balloon as opposed to a human man oh i was that almost made me think i'll redo power couple and i'll make you play the guy oh fuck okay <laughs> let's do it let's see how much i can, uh, I can i can hate myself when i watch a film or they or she just like at the very the very last moment the exact same movie except it's a balloon 
And then she just reaches over and pops it. And then, you know, hard cut to credits. Oh, yeah. Just a very satisfying. This actually gave me an, gave me an idea. A, a horror movie where the 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 creature, the monster, is is balloons. Like, the balloons are killing people. I don't know. I think there's potential with that. Hey, idea, man. Actually. They made the happening. You can do it. <laughs> in, which, in which the air, you know, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Run with it. All right, buddy. I do got to hop off. This has been a pleasure as always. And yeah, um, yeah I'll Thanks send you. Thanks for taking the time, and yeah, we'll absolutely. do it again soon. Sounds good, buddy. Uh, have a good night, All man. Right, take care, Talk man. Talk to you soon. Bye. See that about wraps it up for episode 22. This one I, I enjoyed a lot, but it was also a little painful because I was unfortunately <laughs> very predictive of how my festival run would go with 12 months. But, you know, at least I had uh, realistic expectations. The only thing I did not anticipate is how painful it would be to go through that experience. Oh, buddy. Uh, yeah, you did have, you know, balanced and realistic, quote unquote, expectations. But and also, but you still put yourself out there and put the film out there. I, I was interested. Uh, how many did you wind up submitting to when it was all said and done? Just curious, because didn't you say like one, you're aiming for like 150 or 100, 150 or something like that? I was uh, like, oh. All total, my quick thing here is 77. Hundred and okay, twenty like a hundred and thirty ish. Oh wow! So you did if you did it, that? If my quick rundown is correct, yes, a uh, hundred and thirty ish. Nice. I mean, a lot of them was like you know we there's a bunch of things you can submit to for free. Yeah, it's somewhere between one hundred and ten and one hundred and thirty all total. I think we got selected probably about fifteen. I think okay. So right in there in the ten percent mark that I was talking about. That's, yeah. That's really not a that's a that's a pretty decent batting average actually. I mean that's yeah. Well, and you know 15 um, is great. As as decent as those numbers are, you know, I was very disappointed going through the process and we got into some really interesting great film festivals, but also, you know, overall I was I was a bit disappointed. I thought we underperformed as I talked about in different episodes here, which I think have been put out at some point. But still, it was a good good experience. It was my first time doing the whole blast out thing. I think in the future, I will just be more choosy a bit more, be a little bit more sure. strategic. But yeah, overall, overall, you know, not too bad when you put it in that context. It was still around that 10% mark, which I yeah. thought was, was realistic, especially for a non-genre film, uh, I think, yeah. is, is realistic. So That's great. And again, I just think it's great that I love that you, yeah, you put it out there like that. Uh, I mean, that's awesome. Well done, sir. Well, and you know, well I mean, it, it's a it's a side thing to it. It was not definitely it was definitely not the expectation that I had going into the process. But the fact, you know, me being a panelist at South by Southwest recently was very much connected to that I went so hard with the film festival game. So you know, even though it was a big investment, you know, several thousand dollars of submission fees and everything, you know, probably five, six, seven. $8,000 once you start accounting for travel and stuff. You know, even though in certain aspects it was disappointing, there's also been good momentum format, which I've mentioned, and we'll, we'll, we'll do a full look back episode at some point. In the meantime, cue smooth segue, you can contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com, where you'll find more information about us and what we do as coaches and consultants for fellow artists, as well as links to our Patreon and social media pages. Yeah, if you're out there listening, I'd love to hear from you. I, I really enjoy interacting with, with our audience. So please, you can reach me especially on Twitter or Instagram at Clinton Cornwall. 
And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. And on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. Uh, also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Save Yourself and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Bad Man on Amazon. Also, Being Awesome is now available on Tubi, Vudu, and the Roku channel. So give that one a gander on any of those fine platforms, please. And thank you. Yeah, also I mentioned I'll be releasing these short films that we talked about in this episode, Red and Yellow and Power Couple, soon on my socials. So you can check them out there on my YouTube channel. Cool. As well, thank you to our editor, the very charming and funny and, and entertaining <laughs> Mr. Mike Jimenez yeah. for, for his wonderful work. And thanks to our families and friends for their support. Yeah. Way to bring it back. I like these concrete and accurate descriptors of Mike. You know what I'm saying? I love all the flourishy stuff, too. You know what I mean? But like at the end of the day, like what is a unicorn ninja? I'm intrigued <laughs> by it. But, I, you know, I don't know ex- <laughs> know its attributes um, specifically. But charming, funny, entertaining, these are all things. That's that's our Mike. That's our Mike, as we, <laughs> as we call him very possessively, our Mike. Thanks, Mike. You're great. I also wanted to add that. You're great. <laughs> uh, we have many more episodes coming up. So please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. With Story Life. Thank you. We appreciate you. Boom, done. Take care of yourselves. Cut. Sweet. Cut it. All right. Mike, I have no notes except for I just want you to shine. I just want you to have fun and uh, spread your wings and fly, as always. Uh, I want that, too. (laughs) Not as much as I do, because I said it first. On that note... (laughs)